going to read the first three verses of this chapter now. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. This is the word of God. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians who are in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 17 tells us that Paul, on his second missionary journey, was used by the Lord God to found the church at Thessalonica. As Paul taught and preached, God was pleased to apply the message of the gospel to some of the Jews there, a large number of Greek-fearing people, as well as many of the city's prominent women. Later in Paul's second missionary journey, probably from Corinth, Paul wrote two letters to the church of the Thessalonians. This morning, we are going to begin a study which we will continue on Sunday evenings this summer of one of these two letters of First Thessalonians. And today, point one, we are going to consider the purpose and content of First Thessalonians, and then point two, go over the first three verses of First Thessalonians 1, which contain a greeting and a prayer of thanksgiving of Paul in reference to the believing Thessalonians. Before we uh, get into those two points, however, let me uh, once again lead us in prayer, asking God to uh, be present and to be working during the time in his word. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we uh, need your word. We need your written word. We need the living word, the Lord Jesus. We pray that you would continue to be with us here today in your grace, using the written word in our lives in reference to us individually and corporately bringing more and more honor and glory to your Son, the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we do bow before you and we do ask for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Point one, let's uh, take up the purpose and content of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Someone has written, First Thessalonians is a letter from a spiritual father to his children. Uh, Paul, remember, was used by God to 
found the church at Thessalonica? A, the tenor of Paul's letter then is one of encouragement. On the whole, Paul wants to communicate to his spiritual children, you are doing well, you are doing well, continue to do so more and more. Look at chapter 4, verse 1, and hopefully you still have your Bible open to 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writes, Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God as, in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. First Thessalonians is a positive letter. Paul, again, is encouraging his young spiritual children to go on and to grow. Perhaps we can put it this way. Paul is like a little league baseball coach here who says to his players, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Now, let's get even better. I remind us, encouragement is so important. As someone has said, encouragement is the food of the heart, and every heart is a hungry heart. Paul encouraged the Thessalonians. There are three further truths that we can give in dealing with the question of the purpose and content of 1 Thessalonians, so let's go over them now. B, Paul, in his letter, wants to assure the Thessalonians of his love and concern for them. But Paul was not able to stay with the Thessalonian believers very long. Uh, persecution by unbelievers forced him to leave Thessalonica and go to Berea. And Paul's enemies used his absence to say to the Thessalonian believers that Paul really didn't care for them. First Thessalonians, Paul also wants to dispel that idea and assure his spiritual children of his deep love for them. Look at chapter 2, starting at verse 17. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul assures his spiritual children of his deep love for them, which leads me to ask this question. 
in your home in regards to your children, grandchildren, spouse? Do you assure your family members of your love and concern for them? And in our church or in your church, do you assure your fellow believers of your love and care for them? Do you communicate that? My friends, we need that in the church, in the home, even as the Thessalonians needed to know of Paul's care. And then C, Paul in 1 Thessalonians also wants to ground the Thessalonian believers further in the doctrines of the Christian faith. Once more, Paul was not able to stay long in Thessalonica, perhaps two to three months maximum. He wants then in 1 Thessalonians to further teach the doctrinal truths of Christianity. Listen to this. I have read that, quote, almost every major doctrine of the Christian faith is mentioned in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Paul also wants to remind and teach more deeply the truths of Christianity, especially, especially the truth of the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Here's an interesting fact about 1st Thessalonians and the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Each chapter of 1st Thessalonians, all five of them, end with a reference to our Lord's return. Notice with me the end of just the first three chapters. We won't do all five, just the first three. The end of each one. Chapter one, the end of verse nine, and then verse 10. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. By the way, that verse and a half has at least four doctrines of the Christian faith in them. At least four. But let's go to chapter 2 right now. Verses 19 and 20. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. And then chapter 3, verse 13, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. In our study of 1 Thessalonians, we will certainly encounter and deal with the truth of the return of the Lord Jesus. Still under uh, letter C in our outline, 
I should also mention that not only does Paul write to ground the Thessalonians further in the doctrines of the Christian faith, but he encourages the believers to live holy lives as well. I remind us, Christianity is both right thinking and right living. Again, Christianity is both right belief and right behavior. And 1 Thessalonians emphasizes the purity of life as well. Which leads me to ask us this. How is your life? I've met a lot of people who love to check out their doctrine, love to talk about the doctrines of the Word of God. I wonder, do we check out our lives, our behavior in reference to Jesus Christ as much? Are you seeking to live a holy, pure, blameless life? And then D, Paul in 1 Thessalonians also seeks to correct some weaknesses in the church. Uh, The Thessalonians were a young church, uh, around nine months to one year old. And, And they needed some correcting words in certain areas. And so Paul also gives them loving correction. I think we are in for a profitable time in our study of First Thessalonians. We will be encouraged to go on in Christ and become better Christians. We will be taught to care for one another here more deeply and our family members at home as well. We will take up Christian doctrine and Christian living, and our church will be challenged in certain specific issues. Let's commit ourselves to pray for the series of studies on Sunday morning from Jared in reference to Deuteronomy, and for this series of studies on Sunday evening in reference to First. Thessalonians. Let's pray that the Lord would use morning and evening studies deeply in our lives and church. For the rest of our time today, point two, let's go over the first three verses of 1 Thessalonians 1, which contain an address uh, from to uh, a greeting and the prayer of thanksgiving of Paul. Let me read for us again verses 1 through 3 of 1 Thessalonians 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, Mentioning you in our prayers, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor 
prompted by love and your endurance, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In antiquity, letters began with some variant of the formula A to B greeting. Uh, Dave to Jim greeting. That then was usually followed by some pious expression, commonly a prayer, and then the writer would go into his particular message. Paul uses this conventional method of writing in writing to the Thessalonians. He opens by stating who the letter is from. Paul, Silas, Timothy. He then states to whom the letter is going, to the church of the Thessalonians. He gives the Thessalonian believers a greeting, grace and peace to you. He speaks of a prayer. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. And then he goes into his message. Under point two, A, looking at verse one, which contains who the letter is from, to whom it is addressed, and a greeting, take with me these three things from there. One, notice the letter to the Thessalonians is also from Paul, excuse me, also from Silas and Timothy. It is, because Silas and Timothy helped Paul to found the church at Thessalonica. Important truth, Paul was greatly helped in his ministry. Paul accomplished much of what he did for the Lord Jesus because of a team of people who were with him in his labors. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, he writes to Timothy, get Mark and bring Mark with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. We here at Trinity Church want to hear that and from that work together to the glory of God. The ministry here is never to become a one person or a two persons show. We are to be a team, a body, a family. We are to work together, each one of us having a part in becoming and doing much for the Lord Jesus. Look at chapter two, verse one. Paul writes, you know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. Verse nine of chapter two. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. A while ago, I was uh, in a conversation with a fellow pastor. And as uh, we talked, he said to me that one of his struggles right then was he was 
basically doing the ministry at the church alone. He didn't have co-workers. The people think, that's why we hired you. That's why we pay you. Verse 1 says to us, we are to work together, to be much and do much for our Lord Jesus. And may I say, I am thankful to God that this is the case here at Trinity Church. Number two, notice the letter to the Thessalonians is to the church of the Thessalonians. Uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy wrote to believers who were gathered together in membership in a local church. This is God's will for believers to be part of a local church. I quoted earlier that it's God's will for us to be holy. It is also God's will for believers to be part of a local church. Look with me at Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Philippians 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Let me pause. They're writing to all the believers, all the Christians who are at Philippi, all of them. We go on to read, together with the overseers and deacons. Overseers, elders, and deacons. They are officers in the church. All of the believers in Philippi were part of the church at Philippi. Quote, in the New Testament, there is no such person as a Christian who is not a church member, end quote. And so it's God's will for believers, all believers and their children, to be part of a local church, supporting it with prayer, regular attendance, unselfish Christian service, and stewardship of their lives and possessions. And my friend, if, if you haven't, follow this in your life yet. I urge you to begin to take steps to obey the Lord Jesus here. And then three, in his greeting to the Thessalonians, notice Paul says to them, grace to you. One of the best things I could ever sincerely say to you is grace to you. God's grace be upon you. It is, for grace is God's loving kindness, undeserved, yes. God's undeserved loving kindness. Grace is God's loving favor on you. There is no good thing that we have in our lives that hasn't come from God's grace. There is no good thing we can do with our lives apart from God's grace. 
If you were to ask me, uh, Pastor Dave, what can we do for Jared, the elders, and the deacons, for them and their families? What can we do? If I'm wise, I would say, pray to God for his grace to be upon them. At least once a day, pray to God for the men and for their families. Pray for God's grace. Paul says to the Thessalonians, I say to you this morning, and we should all say to one another, all pray for one another, grace to you, God's grace be upon you. Let's, let's do that. From verse 1, the importance of working as a team, church membership is God's will, we should pray for God's grace. Verses 2 and 3 now of 1 Thessalonians 1 tell of a prayer of thanksgiving for the Thessalonians. We'll close out our time in God's written word this morning by noticing just one thing from this prayer. Notice that Paul is thankful to God for the Thessalonians, for all of the Thessalonian believers because of their growing spiritual lives. Verse 3, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus. Paul is excited. Paul is joyful. Paul is thankful to God because he sees in the Thessalonians a faith in Jesus Christ and a love for the Lord Jesus and a hope in his return. Faith, love, hope. We don't read here that the people of Thessalonica had the same political views of Paul, and for that, Paul was thankful. We don't read here that the people of Thessalonica had the same outside interests and hobbies as Paul, and for that, Paul was thankful. Paul, again, we noticed, is excited because he saw people responding to Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is the thing that should cause us the most joy and thanksgiving in reference to one another here, a spiritual working of God in our lives. Let me put it this way. What should excite us more? A young person in our church who is first in his or her class at school, a young person in our church who is first string on a, a sporting team, a person in our church who is being wooed by a, a, a corporation to be hired by that corporation, or one who knows the Lord Jesus, who is a child of God, and who is living for the Lord Jesus. Parents, I hope you just heard this. 
I see parents excited over these things that I've just mentioned, sports, etc., etc. Most of all, you're to be excited in reference to spiritual response of your children to the Lord Jesus. Paul was thankful to God for spiritual life in the Thessalonians. And so let's pray for one another that God's grace in our lives, most of all, will be spiritual grace. Let's review. First Thessalonians, a positive letter, an encouraging letter, where Paul also expresses his love and care and teaches Christian doctrine and behavior and corrects some weaknesses in the church. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 1 through 3, uh, we're challenged here to work together as a team, uh, to be an active member of a local church, to pray for God's grace to be upon one another, especially God's spiritual grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we, uh, we want to say thank you for your word. Uh, the Bible, indeed, is the word of God. And the Bible, indeed, does come and bring health and blessing to people, to relationships, to churches. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that some of the things we have just uh, gone over from your word would come into, be part of our lives and our churches. Uh, may we not simply be hearers of the word, but by your kindness, by the working of the Holy Spirit, may we be doers of the word as well. In Jesus' name, amen.